we? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And Phil, we are back for another live episode of After the Ending that will also be available uh, not live, if you will, <laughs> after the fact. Uh, will be available on YouTube and podcast form. So if you're listening to or watching this and it's not live, don't worry, um, because we're not leaving you guys in the cold either. Yeah, it's our third video, live video, and I think I think it's going okay so far. Still working on lighting issues for me. Um, <laughs> trying to make a bit more of a backdrop, but uh, so far, yeah, it's going well. I do think it's kind of cool, though, because, like, I'm recording, it's still daytime. You are recording, it's definitely nighttime. And if you look at the screen, my screen is, is like, light and and, yeah. and yours is, like, dark and subdued. So it's kind of like, it's like a it's like night and day, as they say. And, exactly, yeah. uh, you know, I kind of, I feel like it gives it a little visual, you know, a little contrast, makes us look a little interesting. Yeah, because for those of you who might not have noticed, our accents do give it away. <laughs> right. And Mike's mentioned the time difference. Mike is over one side of the Atlantic, and I'm over the other. So uh, yeah, it's Phil, a, Phil lives in the U.S. and I live in England. So yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's a good swap. Yeah. yeah. And I see you've gotten some uh, some grooming since uh, last we spoke. Except yeah, because of uh, some of the uh, the lockdown restrictions lifting, I was able to go to the barbers and had a bit of a pamper. I had a haircut and a beard trim, and a nice chat with my barber Josh, which was very good. Barber Barber in Liverpool, bit of a plug. Uh, not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was it was very nice to actually feel more myself instead of all like the Sasquatch kind of look <laughs> I'd go in the past couple of videos. Well, I, I think you look very dashing, Phil. So thank you very much. Nice to feel a bit dapper again. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we got a jam-packed episode or two here uh, tonight, um, as uh, as hopefully, for those of you who have watched or listened to the last couple episodes know, we are splitting them up into two. Uh, we still haven't come up with a great name for them, what, you know, A and B episodes, uh, I don't know, what do we call them? The one Main time? plot, subplot. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So uh, this episode, or, or we're, I am starting to number them again. So this is episode 120 of After the Ending. This is going to be, uh, well, to Phil, tell people what we're talking about in, in this episode. Yeah, we're going to be going uh, after the ending of Pixar's Up, the one with the grumpy old man in the flying house, mm -hmm. which we all know. And we'll be talking about, uh, how did you put it? Why, you, why Hollywood should make better films. Yeah, yeah. Or should Hollywood make better films? I guess that's the debate. We're going to find out. Uh, and maybe yeah. some of our live viewers will jump in on that one. Uh, we'll find out. And then and then we're going to do our, our, our second episode right after uh, if we're live. And if you're listening later, then you'll probably have to wait a little bit because we are staggering these to give you guys weekly content. So the bonus of listening live is uh, you get to see both episodes at once. If you're listening or watching after the fact, um, they're a little bit more staggered. So kind of a little, you know. Listen, it's all about marketing and branding, right? We got to keep you guys That's coming right. back. You got to keep keep things going. And um, we mentioned comments there on the uh, the after the end Facebook page, uh -huh. and you're watching the video. You can leave a comment on that, and then we'll see it. Um, we'll flag it up, and if uh, uh, if it's okay to air, we can also throw it up on the video. So 
you can discuss mm -hmm. that. So any suggestions for the different names for the the sub names for the diff the two shows be great. Yes. Um, when we get to the uh, the our discussion after going up talking about up, you'll probably might want to jump in there as well with some comments. Absolutely. Should we crack on with the uh, after the ending? Yeah, man, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, we don't do one. Uh, we're not going to do a, a rundown of the film, but you know the one. Yeah. You know the, uh, not, not the full rundown we used to. I mean, I think, you know, most people have seen Pixar's Up. You know, it's it's the grumpy old man Carl. His wife dies. He meets, you know, little kid Russell, the Boy Scout, ties his house to a bunch of balloons so he can go to Paradise Falls, where he always promised his wife he would go. They run afoul of the, the cranky old explorer Muntz, I think his name is. Yeah, and, uh, Charles, Charles Muntz. Charles Muntz. Yeah, Charles F. Muntz. And there's weird dodo bird type things. There's a talking dog named Doug, and uh, and everyone's happy in the end. Yeah, yeah. I think that sums it up. <laughs> All right, who's going first then, Phil? You or me? Uh, I can't remember who went first last time. Shall we? <laughs> the the fun of doing it every two weeks now when we record live. Yeah. No idea who did what first last time. So yeah, because yeah. it's still in a lockdown time as well. I keep forgetting two right. weeks is like the longest time and also the shortest yeah, two time. Two weeks yeah. equals seven months. <laughs> yeah, one of us normally goes, "Are we recording tonight? Right. right? Tonight is it Monday?" Exactly. Exactly. A little peek behind the curtain for you guys. So uh, yeah, do you want to go first? Yeah, Sorry. why not? Sure thing. Okay. All right, so here we go. Uh, okay, so up ends the house lands in um, in uh, Paradise Falls. Carl and Russell return to the city, and everyone is happy. So here we go. Russell continues to grow up, and he visits Carl every weekend. Carl has learned to enjoy retirement, and he looks forward to Russell's visits every week. Russell takes Carl on new adventures, usually just getting him out and about and doing things like visiting museums, tourist attractions, and the like. Carl attends Russell's high school graduation and is one of the proudest moments of his life. Even though he was never able to have kids with Ellie, he feels like Russell has become like a son to him. Shortly after Russell heads off to, got to college to get a degree in archaeology and paleontology, his thirst for adventuring never went away, uh, Carl passes away quietly in his sleep. Russell mourns him deeply, but he knows that his time with Carl was special and he vows to continue their adventures in his adult life. Russell goes on to become one of the preeminent explorers in the world and discovers lost cities, ancient cultures, and much more in his life. Meanwhile, down in Paradise Falls, Carl and Ellie settle into two chairs on the front porch of their house, looking out at the waterfall. Well, Carl, we <clears throat> well, Carl, we finally made it, Ellie says, resting her ghostly hand on top of his. Indeed we did, dear, Carl says. Indeed we did. And that's the end. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. A nice, a nice ending. Yeah, it wouldn't be a patented mic ending without some uh, you know, overly gushy sentimentality, but that's kind of my thing. You know, yeah, yeah. either you like it or you don't. <laughs> I'm just gonna quickly scroll out the serial killer subplot I put in mine because I don't think it fits now looking back at it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, a long time uh, listeners will remember Phil and his penchant for serial killers. And uh, we have a, a little comment I threw up on the screen here from Travis Tidmore. says, hello. Hello, Travis. Good hello, to Travis. See you. Thanks for stopping in and watching for a little bit. Travis. Welcome aboard. We've both guest starred on Travis's podcast back when he had one. He does a lot of video interview shows and some really great stuff. He's a, he's a good dude, and he runs a convention out in Texas, a comic convention and stuff. So um, we are always happy to hear from Travis. So thanks for stopping in, Travis. I hope you'll stick around for a little bit and share some opinions on our stuff. 
All right, uh, Phil, you are up, and I have not been doing my little video uh, banner stuff, so I'm going to work on that now while you're talking. Go ahead. Okay, so uh, I have it uh, after the events of the film. Carl is reinvigorated by his adventure with Russell and Ellie's notes that he found in the scrapbook. So he decides to write about his recent adventure, and it turns into it turns into a very big book, and also then he dives into a look back at his entire life through the years with Ellie, talking about love, life, and loss. Russell, unbeknownst to Carl, Russell had been reading it as well, and he decides to send a copy to a publishing house, and they love it. They end up turning into two books. One of them looks at Carl's wilderness adventure with uh, Doug and Russell, and the other looks back at Carl and Ellie's life together. Both are big hits and find a wide audience. The money it brings in means Carl can get a house with enough land for the dogs that they rescued to run around him, and he, he ends up getting a few more rescue dogs as time goes on. Russell visits regularly and helps Carl find homes for many of the dogs. And as with Mike's ending, they go on a few uh, trips out and about. But as the years go by, Russell visits more and more to help Carl around the house as Carl keeps getting older. Uh, Russell had been diving into electronics as well in school and then college. So he could keep Doug's talking dog collar yeah, uh, working well. Uh, the years are swiftly catching up with Carl. And then one day, Russell goes to visit and finds Doug waiting for him at the gate. Be prepared, said Doug, and then turned and walked back towards the house. Russell's heart sank as he ran into the house. He called out for Carl, but there was no answer. He found Carl at peace. He was sitting in his favourite armchair, a photo of Ellie in his hand. On the table next to him was a photo album full of photos of Carl, Russell, Doug and all their friends. In the front, Carl had written... To Russell, thank you for being my friend and making me feel young again. Live a long, happy life full of adventure. Your friend, Carl. Uh, and Russell did. Awesome. That's beautiful. Now, see, I told myself I wasn't going to get emotional while I was doing my ending. <laughs> and yours, I get, I get a little misty-eyed from listening to your ending. I'm not even that big a fan of the movie. Well, it's like the opening of... The film up, so it's just the first five minutes of up is brilliant, and I think the rest of it doesn't live up to the first five minutes. I don't dislike up, I, I like mm, it. Yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't love it as much as some people do. It's, it's perfectly enjoyable. Um, but I do think that that first five minutes, five, five ten minutes, whatever it is, the, the sort of the story of Carl and Ellie is so beautiful and so well done. Um, and I think that's really what people gravitate towards about that film. And whenever people talk right. about how good up is, it's always that what they're referencing, and I'm like, yeah. Or, but the rest of it, it just isn't quite as good. But yeah, it's just like a, a kooky adventure film, really, isn't it? The rest of it, yeah. right? And that's just they get the the heart of it in right at the beginning. But um, mm. but still, I get a little bit choked up thinking about it because it's because it's that beginning part is so beautiful. So nicely done, sir. Nicely done. Thank you very much. How do you feel about Up? Are you a fan? I, I like it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think as time's going on though with the Up films, they're not quite as. I'm not sure whether they're trying too hard uh, or. Just keep going to go for the big emotional beats sometimes, trying to recapture the magic. But as I say, yeah, the first opening 10 minutes of Up is, is a brilliant short film. Tells that short story so well. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, when it's on, I'll watch it. But, yeah, I find it uh, hard to remember the actual main beats of the main story once right. the, you know, the opening's right. done. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm with you on that, I think, you know. Um, 
But, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's good. I'll, I'll be honest, it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I've kind of had this opinion for a while. So maybe I'll revisit it and see if my opinion has has evolved over time. You know, But like I said, I don't dislike the movie. Uh, but I did enjoy the endings. I thought they were nice and sweet. And I think I, I like to think that uh, we sort of captured the, the spirit of the the heart of the film a little bit, you know? Yeah, you can't really go too dark with some of the Pixar films, I don't think. Right, right. Travis, Travis has commented as well, saying he likes the idea of Russell being an explorer and also being an inventor that continues to make things like Doug's collar. I, I was see. thinking of that collar got out as well. You could That could change the whole of society. I was thinking about going down that path where all, suddenly you can understand all the dogs. But, uh, right. right. But that's, yeah, that's, that's what we do, right? There you go. That's, that's our endings. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I threw Travis's co comment up on screen there for anybody who's watching. It's always nice to. I like the way that the Streamyard lets you put people's comments up and uh, you know, it's kind of kind of fun and interactive. So anybody else who's watching, feel free to throw some comments up as well, especially during this next discussion because I think things might get a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if heated is the word, but I'm I might get a little bit worked up because it's something that I feel kind of kind of passionate about. So. Um, so, well, so it's, it's sort of it all started from you putting a comment on you, uh, Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say less a comment and more of a rant. Um, yeah. But it was like the it was after like the I don't know it was like the thirty seventh time somebody uh, commented about um, like Mortal Kombat or uh, uh, Kong uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. Um, about how it's like, oh, well, you know, they don't have to be good. They just need to be, they're just fun. They don't have to be good movies, you know, and it's like, I. Well, it's, yeah, because we mentioned, God's, we were talking about Godzilla versus Kong in the last episode. Yeah. And how we were saying both of us sort of didn't think it was great, but some of the fights were good. But on the whole, it was like, oh, and lots and lots of the reviews as well are going, all the bits with the people and it's boring. And. And people going, yeah, but you're seeing the big monsters fight, which is cool. But it gets right. boring. But then the new Mortal Kombat film has come out, which is looked good in the trailers, sounded good. Uh, I've not seen it myself, but uh, Mike saw it. And as with lots of things, you have these big fights. But I think it's often with the fight things which involve lots of fights. Fights are good. Rest of it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I well, mean, not so much bad just doesn't work quite as well. Here, here's the thing. I don't. I. I'm using those two films as examples. And I think what happened was a lot of people took it as me attacking these movies and some people kind of liked them. And so they, they yeah. were, you know, so, so here's what I, here, hey, let me read it because I, I want to get the point across that I was trying to get across. So I'm just going to read this out loud. If that's okay with you, Phil. That's fine. Yeah. I'm listening. All these people talking about Mortal Kombat and Godzilla versus Kong who keep saying it's supposed to be fun. It doesn't have to be good. You're missing the point entirely. These movies should be fun and good. Stop letting lazy filmmakers off the hook. We deserve better. These people are given tens and hundreds of millions of dollars to craft high-quality entertainment. Are they fun? Sort of. Are they high-quality? Definitely not. Could they be much, much better? 100% yes. Yes, the actual monkey-lizard fights in Godzilla vs. Kong are fun, but there's 90 minutes of movie that isn't that. The human characters are god-awful. The script is terrible. 30 minutes of fun action scenes don't make a two-hour movie bearable. Does Mortal Kombat have some cool action scenes? Yes, but if the Marvel movies have taught us anything, it's that you can have great action scenes while still hiring people who know how to act. 
stop defending lazy filmmakers. Stop accepting subpar movies just because there are parts that don't suck entirely. Stop giving studios a reason to keep on making films that could be so much better with just a little bit more brain power and effort. We deserve better films. Demand better films, okay? That's what I had to say about it. And a lot of people, like I said, sort of jumped on it and were like, yeah, but I liked King Kong versus Godzilla or, you know, Mortal Kombat wasn't, you know, it was, it was, you know, if you liked the game, the movie was fine. And here's my problem. I have yet to see one person say, I absolutely loved Mortal Kombat. I love Godzilla versus Kong. It was great. If that's your opinion, awesome. I am happy that you liked it more than I did. I really am, because I wanted to have that reaction. The problem is no one's saying that. Everyone's saying, well, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong isn't great, but it's a, it was fun, and that's all that matters. And it's like, no, it's not all that matters. And then people are like, well, these movies, do not they're not trying to win Oscars. I know that. I don't want every movie to try to win an Oscar, but I do want every movie to try to be good. I don't think that's asking too much. And everyone, I feel like it's just like, not everyone. A lot of people are just like letting them off the hook. I had one guy who posted a whole thing in response to my post, not on my page on his own page and he was like mortal Kombat. it had you know the fights were good and it was violent and this and that blah blah blah. i give it a 6.9 and then people if they don't like it don't watch it and i'm like okay first of all i can't if i don't how am i gonna know if i like it if i don't watch it okay that's a mm -hmm. that's a, a fallacy argument right there okay am i gonna watch it again no but like you're not even giving it a 10. You're giving it a 6.9. Why are you defending a movie that ranks a 6.9? What is it, like a B minus? You're going to get that defensive of a movie that's like a B minus? Like, why don't you want it to be an A movie? That's what I don't understand, right? Is yeah, yeah. Getting... I, 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 I totally agree with you. It's, uh, it is, there are these films which you go in there and you, it's reached the point now where you go, your expectations are basically going, well, it's not going to be that good, but there will be some good scenes. And these recent films as well, when Mike's saying they're not, good you still have like the story the plot and everything because often these especially the more recent films the effects can be really good cgi can be really good uh and it's but it's just i think it's been all through the years there's always been like a quite a few films where you go and i can't wait to see this and then when it comes out you go well well yeah there was this there was that moment was good there was this bit which was good it's like uh which one dragon slayer the old disney film Dragon Slayer. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love I love fantasy, love dragons. Uh and the, the film is all there's hardly any dragon in it, basically. There's not enough dragon in it. And you just go on, well, yeah, the effects are good. Some of the story's good, but it should have been better. Oh my god, I'm sure my age with Dragon Slayer as well. <laughs> I was trying right. to think more other examples, but it seems to be lots of uh, video game mm -hmm. adaptations, film adaptations yeah. are often guilty of that as well, because you've got a built-in fan base who like the like right. the uh like the property and then you go see it and it's yeah we've got some of the things that you like but then there's also this other bit often a brand new character who isn't in the game mm -hmm. i think that's one of the things with the mortal kombat film isn't it there's a new character who's not in yeah. it he, yeah, he's that, our gateway and he's like the least interesting part of it right i knew most of the characters because i used to play mortal kombat pretty heavily back in the day so i recognized most of them but there is definitely one that was kind of like you know and i get that they're trying to maybe give you the human to to, to anchor things, but that's where my big problem with it is, is like they get, they make this big budget movie and they hired a bunch of equivalents of B movie actors. And I'm not trying to be rude to anybody, but nobody in that movie was a great actor. Okay. And it's, it's look, I, I and I'm not saying you have to go get Robert Downey Jr. or big name stars, but there's plenty of unknown actors out there who are 
good actors who can also do action scenes. I don't think it's a requirement that you have to be a bad actor if you do action stuff. So I just don't understand why we can't hold these films to a higher standard. Mortal Kombat was fine, I guess. It was, you know, the action scenes were 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 you know fun enough but like the acting was bad the script wasn't great like it was i mean it was unnecessarily gory but that's a different argument um you know but then but everyone's like well it's you know it's not supposed to it's not trying to win an oscar fine just try to be good try to be better try to make a movie that people are going to enjoy who aren't necessarily mortal Kombat fans like i get that the, you know like the original 90s mortal Kombat films no one sees those as masterpieces but they were fun too but they were you know and they were a little cheesy, and people got to me about that. And they were like, well, you know, sometimes a good cheesy movie is fun. But the problem is these aren't cheesy movies. These are big-budget, tentpole franchise movies. Yeah, yeah. The last scene of Mortal Kombat is completely setting it up for a sequel. They've already announced that they're going to do, like, two or three more, something like that. So if you're trying to set up a franchise, which we know Godzilla versus Kong is because it's the third film in the fourth film in the series, like oh, – make it better because it's going to pay off more in the long run. You know, one of the arguments people made was they, they don't care. They just want to make their money and, you know, and they don't, they're, they don't care if it's good or not, but that's the wrong thinking because you're trying to make money in the long run. You're going to make more money in ticket sales for the initial film, make more money on home video for people who liked it and want to, you know, uh, buy it. You're going to make more money because when you make the next film, more people will come see it if they liked it. It just makes sense to make better movies. And I'm going to point to it again. Look at the Marvel movies. They consistently yeah. make good movies, and they get bigger and bigger and bigger with each one. Okay, I know the budget for Endgame, Avengers Endgame, was like five times that of some, some of these other movies. But that's not the point. You know, they've worked up to it. They've, they've done the groundwork. They've had good stories, good plots. Right. Uh, and the, when, in the quiet bits, there's character development. I mean, you might not always like every single bit in every single Marvel movie. Um, right, and there are other right. films. This is just a good example, but it's just uh, if you're building a franchise, that's probably one of the best ways in recent time to go. But it all comes down to having a good script, and instead of focusing on, hey, we've got these good action scenes, we have this fight that, or we have this get attacked or this blow up, but we need to have something to get from A to B. Get the good, get the good story going, the good plots, uh, the good relationships, the good uh, human factor. Have that working well, and then you're going to get people going along for the ride and it's, and you can get people in who aren't necessarily normally go see a Mortal Kombat film or Godzilla versus Kong or whatever the fran franchise or property is you need you need you need the basis of the good script and I imagine as with many of these films originally there was like a the first draft not not so much the first draft but the first uh, basic idea is often really good but then other people get involved you get a director and he wants to put their input you get an actor who may want to change things or producer, and then suddenly it gets diluted and changed. And what was initially a really good story gets pu pulled down a little bit or goes in different ways. And then it's like two or three different ideas all put together in a Frankenstein abomination. But hey, there's a good fight scene. <laughs> right. That's just not enough, though. It's not enough for me. And it, you know, here's the thing if that's what they're going to do, then fine. That's what they're going to do. But I think what really got me was just seeing people consistently defending them as like, hey, it's okay that they're not good. You know, they don't have to be good. They, they do. 
They do. Or they don't have to be good, maybe, but they should be good. They should. Yeah, Why they can't should Hollywood put the effort into making these movies better? Uh, so we get some comments from, from Travis um, saying that, uh, you know, uh, he enjoyed both of the films, but he also mentioned as the actors in Mortal Kombat, I point to the budget. It's only 55 million, which is not a lot for a blockbuster. I understand your point, Travis, but, you know, all, all it takes is a good casting director. There are plenty of people out there. Who are unknown actors who you could you could hire affordably who can give good performances. I mean, look at some of the look, Chris Hemsworth was a nobody when he got cast for Thor, and look at him. I mean, he's turned into a pretty successful actor, and he's certainly great as Thor, whether you think he's a great thespian or not. You know, I I just think that they're they didn't put much effort into it. They're like, hey, you kind of look like this character, and you can string together a couple of lines and we can choreograph you. So yeah, you'll do. Uh, you know. I don't think it would have cost them more to find better actors. I'm not yeah. saying more expensive actors. I'm saying better actors. Yeah, and the thing is as well, there'll be people on loads of people on the crew of these films and both post, pre, and post production and joint production who'll be pouring their heart and soul into this and doing the best work they've ever done. Mm -hmm. But if the whole, if the you haven't got the scaffolding or the framework of the good story, the good plot, then it's not so much doomed to failure, but it's going to be harder to give the uh, to just make it all come together and work well. But it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, like we're not saying that all these people who uh, work on these films are all bad. Of course not. There's, there's they'll all be doing amazing, brilliant work. But if it's just, yeah, it's, I th it, me personally, it always comes down to the storyline and the, the plot. I mean, Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, they've always been, all the Godzilla films have been a bit, especially the later ones with the Toho Studios, just get crazier and crazier. We're going, how can we get Kong there? And it's always been, well, the human elements are the other of the other worst ones. But the fact they're still going strong shows that those early Toho ones, there was something to them. Uh, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's as you say, I don't. They should, they should be good. I just at some point. Like with Godzilla versus Kong, like, you know, it's, I don't know what the budget was, but I imagine it was somewhere north of $200 million or something like $100 million, whatever. But it's like at some point, doesn't somebody stop them and say, hey, guys, this isn't that good? Like, I've seen the dailies, I've read the script, you know, I, I watched you shoot that scene, whatever. Like, what are we doing here? Like, where's the oversight? when these studios are spending hundreds of millions of dollars to make these films. And like I said, it would be different. Look, I know, I know that my opinion is not always the popular one, right? It would be different if everybody was out there going, oh my God, Kong versus Godzilla was so great. It blew my mind. I loved it. It was awesome. And I was the guy who didn't like it. Okay. I accept that, right? That's a totally different story. And I wouldn't say boo, but that's not what's happening. What's happening is everyone's like, yeah, but eh, it was okay. But I liked this part. So no, don't do that. Call them out on it. Hold them accountable. It's okay to say, I was disappointed in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there were parts I liked. That's okay, too. You don't have to hate the whole thing. It's not black and white, you know, black or white. You, you're allowed to have, you know, different opinions about different parts of movies. Yeah, Kong versus Godzilla versus Kong. The action scenes were fun. Everything else was terrible. That is not good enough, Hollywood. It's not good enough. If you yeah, want franchises, right? You want look I, I, again. I point out Marvel. You know they they do these movies, and I'm sure people have different opinions on them. But by and large, most people like these movies a lot, and they have proven that you can have big budget spectacle action with lots of characters and not that famous of actors in some roles. Uh, you know, and and people will care about the characters because they're always well written and they're always well directed. 
And so, you know, you can take a Chris Hemsworth and make him into a, a superstar. Yeah, I know they also have a lot of big name actors, but, you know, they're, I, I would say that if Marvel cast a bunch of lesser known actors in their movies and made them the exact same quality that they are, people would still love them, right? People I, think, I, think, I think the thing with Marvel, you've got Kevin Feige, who's a, uh, the, the big producer behind it all. He, he loves Marvel. He loves comic books. He cares about, he cares about the property. It's, it's, it means right. a lot to him. That, I think, I think wow. that's one of the big the big pluses that Marvel, the Marvel Studios have got going. He's the one who's overseeing it all. He lets people go with their stories and things, but he, he's the one who says, well, we should have this. It should bind things together. But having someone like up on the high up on the ladder who actually cares about the property instead of – I'm not just cares in the back. He wants to make a lot of money off it. He, he actually cares about the characters, and he grew up with them. He loves, he loves all the comic book side of things. Right. I think that's what you need with these things because all of these, like the ones we've mentioned, all these other ones which sort of have great moments but should and could be better, they all have the potential to be amazing films and which would, could draw in a huge audience and, and just keep going and going. Yep, I agree. Just, and that's that's yeah. where my problem is. is I don't feel like people are, care about these movies enough in that the people who make them. Like I didn't watch Kong Godzilla versus Kong and get the sense that anybody making that movie – was there because they like were passionately in love with this project and these characters. You know, it did, it seemed like it was like, Hey, we can make a bunch of money. Let's put a bunch of special effects on screen. Mortal Kombat. I will actually say, I, I won't make that argument for, I will say, I think that people who made Mortal Kombat um, maybe did because there was definitely a lot of stuff in there that was geared for fans of the game. Um, and so I'm not going to say that that one is, is as cynical as Godzilla versus Kong. I just okay, would yeah. Better. My point, and again, I'm, I'm. It sounds like I'm picking on these two movies. They're just, they both happen to come out within like a month of each other. They're yeah, both, yeah. you know, on the same streaming service. They caught my attention. It's not just these two movies I'm picking on. It's the, it's the whole process, the whole Hollywood right now. That, with a lot of exceptions, a lot of this big budget fare that's coming out. These franchise films based on IPs, on intellectual properties, they say, hey, we've got this this character, this monster, this robot, whatever it is. Look at the Transformers films. They're another one. Yeah, yeah. Exception yeah. Bumblebee, which is terrific because it's the only one that feels like it's real Transformers. They're largely garbage. It's this, it's, it goes back. This isn't a new thing. These are just the latest examples of this problem that I find endemic in Hollywood. And it just made me rant. And, and what, what really set me off was the fact that a number of people, rather than agreeing that Hollywood should try to make better movies, decided <laughs> instead to defend mediocre films that they then admitted were, for the most part, were mediocre. And I don't understand that. Yeah, you missed, you missed the point. <laughs> you can like the movie, that's fine, but you can also still think that they could be better and that Hollywood should give us better films and that we deserve better films and that we don't need to defend lazy filmmakers. Simple as that. That's, That's all I'm saying. So. That's it. And when I go to see Mortal Kombat, when I eventually see it, uh, I will give my opinion on it as well. And see. Yeah, and I, listen, I hope you enjoy it. It's not a terrible film. I hope it's one of the best films I've ever seen, Mike. I really do. <laughs> listen, I hope I hope it is, Phil. I really do. Again, I'm not trying to harsh anybody's buzz. I'm a Somebody yeah, called yeah. me out and was like, just let people enjoy what they enjoy. I'm the biggest proponent of letting people enjoy what they enjoy. I'm the one who defended Twilight because I'm like, who cares if you don't like it? The 15-year-old girls and their moms like it. That's what's important. No, it's not even about whether I like Twilight or not, Phil. The point is don't harsh other people's butt, right? I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, exactly, yeah. I'm not you saying you shouldn't like the movies. I hope you do. 
my my problem comes down to people who don't like them that much and still feel the need to defend them. Yeah, that's that's my issue. So thank you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there you go. Some thoughts on should Hollywood make better movies? We had some comments there from some viewers as well. If you're watching this uh, after the fact or you're listening to it on the podcast, uh, feel free to leave comments on whatever platform you are viewing slash listening as well, because I do think this is kind of an interesting topic. And we just from my little Facebook post, we got quite a bit of uh, traction. So I'll be curious to see what uh, some of our viewers and listeners have to say about the topic. Yeah. And you know, the, you know, the, some of the examples we mentioned and what the whole thing's about. So what other films do you feel uh, fit the criteria that we've, that they should be better? They've got the potential. They should. Right. Yeah. I'd love to hear. What are some films that you guys think, Hey, this should have been better. You know, yeah. I'm not saying every movie that you never, you didn't like, I'm saying what are the ones, those ones, those big ones that are supposed to be like just mega awesome and they don't get it. You can tell they're not in it for the right reasons. Those yeah. are what yeah. we're talking about. Sure, we'll get some good examples. Yes, look forward to them. Indeed. All right, so there you go. That was our after the ending for Up and our discussion on whether or not Hollywood should make better films. Um, and so what we're going to do now uh, is we're if you're watching live, we're going to wrap up this, our A episode, and we're going to come right back in about two minutes to record our B episode, which is going to fe feature our top five films of 2020 and our ATE recommends. If you are um, watching or listening after the fact, that, those, that will be in the next episode, which will probably be out next week or soon after you listen to this, depending on when you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. The whole live and post thing, it gets weird when you're trying to talk about it, but yeah, we're making do. It's all timey-wimey stuff. <laughs> That's right, Jeremy Barry. Um, so, uh, all right. So there you go. That's going to wrap us up for now. Uh, as always, we thank you greatly for watching and or listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending.